Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet. As always, this is just a little roller coaster ride we're on right now with this team. Last two games, the Avs lose 5-2 to two to the Flyers and then come back from down 5-3 to win 6-5 to five against the Calgary Flames in a game I don't think we have a better game to encapsulate this entire season so far. Just the ups and downs of it, the amount of skill it takes to come back and living and dying by your best players right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Is that like normal for hockey teams? Like, I feel like even when the abs won the cup in that year, like we did kind of ride the coattails of our best players. The difference was our best players weren't making stupid mistakes that year. And this year it has just been a, I don't even know. I don't want to say roller coaster because that's what you said, but just crazy how wildly inconsistent the best guys have been on this team. Yeah, if they're they've consistently been inconsistent this entire season because they go through stretches of being spectacular and being the best players in the world and then going through these slumps where they're just getting by and making these horrible bad decisions. And in this game against Calgary, you see plenty of them on display. You see both sides of Miko Rantanen in this game and also in post game as well but in this game he has that terrible turnover that leads to the first goal for former Abnazim Kadri 250 at this career by the way that was pretty cool gotta love that for Nas and in the the third period scores the game tying goal to tie the game at five finishes the night with three points and apparently took some some comments in the media pretty personally and took it to heart for a great third period but he was not. Can we just guy. can we just let the listeners know it was not us that Miko was talking about? I really hope not, because I can I, we 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 can confirm that, right? Like you're not finished, right? Last I checked, I have not okay, had a DNA test in a little while, so I'm just gonna have to take people's word for it that I'm not. Yeah. So I don't think he was talking about us, which is good, which is good. But regardless, yeah, we, we got the full Miko ranting experience last night, and that third period. We can talk about it first, I guess. That's the frustrating part with this team right now, because if they play like they do in the third period against every team, I don't know if they lose more than five games the rest of the season. That's how good they were in the third period. Yeah, because the the frustrating thing is you watch some of these games, even the Flyers game. You take out the highlights of the goals against, and they, they aren't playing that bad. It's just every single goal against has some sort of massive defensive breakdown just massive mistake from a player that knows better like i wish this was the the ben myers of the world the guys at the bottom and sometimes it is but more often than not it's mckinnon rantanen mccarr nichuzman taze just making some sort of absolutely insane mistake and having them end up in the back of your net and it's got to be incredibly frustrating for them at a certain point because without the third period comeback in this game, they would have had one win in their last seven games. Yeah. And 
be have one game left on this homestand and currently have been sitting at one and three. And you were we were 20 minutes away from having to ask some pretty uncomfortable questions. Oh, dude, that third period comeback saved a lot of bacon of the abs having to answer some very tough questions over the next 48 hours. Yeah, because the the Flyers game was rough, but it, it didn't feel awful. It just the wheels fell off the wagon. You had guys make awful mistakes and you left your backup goalie out to dry on your home ice. It felt bad, but it didn't feel awful. And this game against Calgary, you're going back and forth for a little while. You're tied after the first period and you go up and your goalie's having a bad night. And then also Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen and again, guys that know better are just making crazy plays that are ending up in the back of your net and you're down five to three after coming into the the period tied at one and that second period was wild scored in that second period yeah it was one of the wildest periods one of the just most absurd games i've ever watched the the emotional roller coaster of this game to it just being a a, a monday game in the middle of december against a west opponent but like you're not Super excited for it more than really any other game. First period's good. Had a goal from Nazem Kadri, which not fun for us to see, but good to see not succeeding. And then the second period is just you come out of that thinking like there there might be things that like have to change soon. Yeah, your tweet about there needs to be a players only meeting soon. Like that would have been for sure like the top headline of the neck of today if they would have lost that game because I guarantee you there would have been a closed door meeting for just the players. Like that is just, you could have written that in the books. That's what was going to happen. Yeah. It turns out there was a couple of other things that led the headlines after this game that probably wouldn't have gotten out. If the abs had ended up losing this game for, for better or worse, we can get to all that. And Miko Rantanen's troubles with certain media members in time to be fathers of happens also happens to be related to (laughs) players on the team at the same time uh we can get to that in a moment but just continuing on this game it's it was a roller coaster and they were getting let down by their best players like they did against the flyers their their best players lost them that game making crazy mistakes and then they also had their best players lead them right back into it but before we get too far down the rabbit hole of the best players need to be better conversation we need to have the feel-good conversation that's been overdue for a long time with thomas tatar yeah my guy finally on the board for the first time this season to tie the game at one in the first period he was so unbelievably due i can't remember a time i saw a player more due for a goal after what what was this 20 something games in the season 28 games into the season yeah, for Tatar of one like was... like Val when we got him maybe yeah that's probably the next closest one but I, I think Val had lower expectations than Tatar like right. Tatar was more just because like you added him thinking he was gonna be a vital part of your top nine right and he it's not I honestly think these past this past week and a half has been the best he's looked with yeah he's looked like a, a different player he's looked like he already scored right he like he found some sort of confidence and is playing like the thomas tatar we thought we were getting when we signed him right before training camp 
And this play by Ross Colton, that beautiful sauce from Ross Colton. There is no way anyone is missing this. And for Tatar, he gets it. He looks like the weight of the world is lifted off his shoulders. And I I love Ross Colton's reaction. Oh, yeah. There's nobody you want to be on the ice with more when you score a goal than Ross Colton. That dude loves every goal that goes in. He is so fun to be around. He is great. It was a beautiful play. I will admit this is the only downside of watching the games on streaming is you are like 15 seconds behind everyone else. So I did get the goal spoiled by a couple of the ads reporters and they're just doing their job. But my favorite was just, I, that's my favorite thing about Evan. Even though he's a reporter, he does still act like a fan. Sometimes he tweets in all caps, Thomas Tatar has finally scored a goal. Uh, and I did have it spoiled for me, but it was, it was great. And you get to bring back the video finally of dumbest da da da. Like I love that video, one of the greatest hockey clips of all time. And to be honest, he could have had a hat trick in this game. He had two or three more high danger scoring chances in this game that Dan Vladar made some massive saves on. Yeah, he looked good, and again, he's looked good for a little while now. I'm not ruling out the possibility that I don't think he's going to hit 20 again, but. I still think he can get around 15 if he I can. think so too. But it, it does bring the question upon itself because I think we can both agree like Tatar and Duran have looked better. And where do you play them? Because you're not going to break up the third line. We tried that already and it work. doesn't work. Val's working well with the top line. It, it really centers back to the, if the, I think if they had a center who could help them tremendously would push them forward because I've liked both of their games recently. It's just, we've seen with Bednar and his five on five ice time. He doesn't trust Johansson, man. He doesn't. So Tatar and Druan kind of suffer because of that. Yeah. It's just, you're kind of stuck with this at the moment because you have a third line that works so well. Like Colton has been a slam dunk. Miles Wood has been everything you wanted from him. And like you said, Tatar and Druan are, are putting it together. They're seeming like they're starting to round into form. They're getting more comfortable with the system. And Ryan Johansson started pretty okay with the team. He had his ups and downs. Now it pretty firmly feels like we're in a down, especially against the Flyers, where he's starting that game on the centering the fourth line. Right. But also played more than he usually does. Well, because they were getting more out yeah. in the end of the third period. Yeah. Weird how ice time works sometimes. But he starts the Flyers game centering the fourth line, ends up playing 14 minutes and picks up an assist. But it feels like everyone else is kind of figuring out their roles right now. And Johansson is having his slowly decreased. Yeah, I just I just don't know what you do because it does suck for Joanne and Tatar. Because we've seen when Joran plays with McKinnon, there you see the flashes. But then there's moments when all three of them are out there with Tatar, Johansson, and Duran, and it's without a doubt the worst line the Avs have because they're bad defensively, they're slow outside of Duran, and they usually get caved in. So it's just tough. I, I think you're in a real tough spot right now if you're Coach Bednar because two of the three on that line you trust five on five, I think. I, th- I think Bednar goes through phases with Tatar and Duran. Like he really – he doesn't give them a long leash if they fuck up, but – it's it adds a perplexing situation because I've really enjoyed the way that Thomas Tatar's played this past pretty much. I'm trying to think what game this really started. Probably when the homestand started 
is when he really has started to play some of his better hockey. And Drouin has been a different player since the month of the end of November. Yeah. And Johansson, really the only thing you can name that he did in this game was he he got beat by, by Mangiapane on the second Flames goal that tied the game. And other than that, just was not involved in a lot in this game. And that's kind of just been the, the case for him recently with this team. And we've had the conversation a lot. We're not going to stick too much longer on it for now, but you're starting to see other guys round into form and you, they're starting to make cases and Ryan Johansson's just, he's got, he's got to work out a fit right now. Cause it's, it's not on the power play. Like you were expecting it to be. No. And I mean, here's the thing. Like what was his face off percentage last night? His face-off percentage against the Flames was, if I can find it, was 50%. So you your main job is to win face-offs, and you're only winning half of them. Right. So I, I don't know. We, like you said, we've talked about this enough. Like We will talk about it probably for the rest of the year. But the good news was that Thomas Tatar goal was awesome. That was I, I celebrated that almost as much as I celebrated a Curtis McDermott goal. And... Hopefully that gets him going. I do agree with you. I, I don't know if he gets to 20, but I, I could see 15. Yeah, I think I, he's going to get above 10. Like the way he's playing and having finally gotten one, he's going to go on a little bit of a streak, probably a couple times this season, where he's going to have maybe three goals in five games, maybe even more than that. And he's going to he's gonna rack them up by the end of the year. He's looking like he's getting more comfortable. It's just, it's that great play by... Ross Colton behind the net that sets the whole thing up. And it's just, it was great to see to finally have that one go. And you call someone else up in this game who didn't have a goal in the season. Cause it was his first game with the team. Ben Myers comes up and scores a goal. Immediately Dude, he, with the team. he looked great, man. And it's, it's tough because pretty much every equal you've called up in Caleb Jones, Malinsky, Myers, Tufty in moments, and Kiviranta have looked phenomenal when they've been called up. It, it's it's crazy because Ben Myers was kind of the forgotten man in these call-ups. Granted, he was injured to start the year, but I thought he looked great, man, in that fourth line. I missed Kiviranta in that game, but I thought Ben Myers played really well, dude. Yeah, he looked strong. He looked comfortable, and it's just another thing you're going to have to add into the, the conversation of the fourth line right now, it's probably going to just be a rotating door until the end of the season. And then once the playoffs roll around and the salary cap's not a thing, most of these guys are going to be hanging around the main team, especially if the Eagles season's done. Yeah. I mean, I think Kiviranta gets the edge over Myers right now because of his penalty killing, but the way Ben Myers played, I feel pretty confident in him playing eight to 10 minutes a night. If it gets to that point. Yeah, and if you don't get someone at the deadline, or if we're talking before the deadline, you're going to need a center. And yep. Olsen has not impressed recently, and Myers has come on strong in the AHL for the last little while and immediately comes up and makes a statement in this game. It's just going to be another wrinkle that you have to add to the conversation. Yeah, just another wrinkle. I We should mention Olsen was scratched against the Flyers. So right. Bednar was kind of going off of what everyone's kind of been seeing. And he did come back into the lineup against the Flames. I thought he was okay. I thought the whole fourth line was okay. Uh, ben Myers was good. Cogs was great on the PK as usual. But 
Like you said, man, ever since you pointed that out to me with Freddie, the dude doesn't win a faceoff. Ever. No, he doesn't. Again, like, he, was, he played again in this game against the Flames. What was his faceoff percentage, Christian? 32. Less than half of that. It was 12 and a half. Yeah, I, I saw that because didn't they have Cogliano taking a couple faceoffs? I was like, why is Cogliano taking faceoffs? Yeah, I'd, I'd trust Cogliano to do that more. At least he's right. experienced. Right, so yeah, he, he doesn't win faceoffs. He he's good on the he's he's okay on the PK. I can't say anything's been great about the Avs PK recently because it's like sixty percent. But he does stuff. I I do feel confident about the fourth line knowing that we have options. That is good to know that we have options on the fourth right. Line. Like if this was last year, you'd be talking about Freddie. Freddie Olson would probably be the third line center if this was probably last second line, line center yeah. points last year. We'd we'd be talking about it and it's a much bigger problem that you're you're top nine center is not a center because he can't win faceoffs. If right. Freddie Olsen really does struggle, if anyone on the fourth line really starts struggling, they're going to bring someone else in who's proven themselves at some point or another to be able to handle NHL minutes and be fine in a fourth line role, which they did not have last year at any point. And they're dealing with injuries right now and guys getting sick and they've been able to bring guys up and yeah, some of the results haven't been there, but that's not been because of that. No, it's actually been the opposite, like we've talked about with with these guys. So I feel confident with our fourth line. Um, our third line's great. Top line, when it plays well, is still one of the best in the league. It's just that second line you got to get figured out. Yep. But overall, Ben Myers gets a goal. That was great to see because um, it was Myers, Tatar, yeah, we, we can go through the goals. I'm trying to think if there's any other like role players getting a goal before we move on to the top line part of this uh, episode. Like any other role players you thought had a good game? We already talked about Ross Colton being the man amongst boys. I love what Bednar said about Miles Wood today. Did you see those comments? From today, I did not. So. Yeah, he was just like, we've had our eyes on Miles for a while and he's come uh, as advertised. And it's like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's Miles Wood. He got trucked last night, though. That hit he took, that was... That was scary for a second, but he's okay. So I think we're good to move on to this top line thing because if you just watch the third period, top line, you're thinking, damn, this team fucking kicks ass. Well, my friends, you did not watch the first two periods because they, outside of McKinnon, kind of sucked. Yeah. I mean, offensively, they were fine. Even Rantanen had a little bit of a jump against the Flyers. He looked good. He was shooting. And then even in this game against Calgary, he looked better. He's looking for some offense defensively these guys are getting caved yeah they got molly whopped against calgary and going into the third period ranton was a minus three mckinnon was a minus three mccarr was a minus four taze was a minus three plus minus is not a great stat and you shouldn't cite it willy-nilly in a case like this when it's all your best players it's worth maybe taking a look at some of those goals they're involved in them yeah, i.e. the four-on-four goal, which they just got hooked on right. that four-on-four goal. And Kale McCarr, especially defensively, was not having a good night. He scores the goal, power play goal, even in the second period. You know, and look at that. You score a power play goal, you win a fucking game. You know, how difficult <laughs> is this? But he scores that goal defensively. Uh, he, he was getting chewed up, and he knew it. He was hard on himself in postgame as well. And it's kind of – there's been weird – plays from McCarr this season from Taze there's been weird plays from yep. this season I don't know exactly what it is I don't think Kale is fully healthy I will say that mm-hmm. as well he has definitely got something bugging him and then 
bugged him last season. This is probably a different thing, but ever since the Eoc Poso thing, it just seems like he's been just a little bit less than 100. Still put up, a, what, 30 points in November? Yeah. Whatever it's very good. ridiculous thing he did in November. But even still, like defensively, the top guys were destroyed in this game. Which Maybe. is weird with Val on the line. Right. And even like even against the Flyers, Val had that awful turnover that led to the penalty shot goal from Travis Konechny, where it's just, it's just another one of those things. Like you don't think Val makes those mistakes. You don't think Taze makes those mistakes. And you don't see Makar out of position like he was often in this game. But it's made up for by the fact that they're able to make it back up offensively. You get the power play goal from Kale Makar and down five to three. This team does not fold going into the third period. Like they, they could have folded and we're on here yelling and screaming about this and that. And you're not you're not expecting a comeback at that point. But they stay with it. They pull it out of the fire. Ranton in his first goal in nine games ties the game after Ross Colton gets it going to bring it back to one. And Nathan McKinnon. Have you ever seen more of an exclamation point of a goal than that? where it's just, it all sets itself up so perfectly. Just that, that three seconds of suspense. Was there any doubt he was putting that puck in the net? No. I just go back to the plays made by Makar and Rantanen and Nachushkin on that play to set up McKinnon. Like that is a very well orchestrated play that they knew they could do against the flames and they executed it to perfection. One, I don't know what Hannafin's doing on that play, letting one of the best players in the world just get behind you. But the touch pass by Miko to Val and then Val to have the awareness to get that to McKinnon is just absurd. And McKinnon bearing that, it it was a punctuation mark on, okay, this team is good when we want to be. And if when we're not shooting ourselves in the foot, we're a really fucking good hockey team. Yeah, like that is what has made this so frustrating because – They've won two of their last seven now instead of one of their last seven. It doesn't look that much better, but it feels a lot better today because obviously you won your most recent one and you can still finish this this homestand with a, a winning record. But that's what made this last stretch so difficult to watch and understand because you know they can do this. Yeah, But they've been getting the defensive mistakes and the breakdowns and them ending up in the back of their net and not get that extra offensive push out of it they've been getting it from mckinnon but mckinnon's been otherworldly ever since we complained he's he's had a point in what 14 straight games now he was on a point streak when we were criticized yeah yeah i think it's 13 or 14 now yes 13 or 14 and now he's also on a four game goal streak too yeah now in case you were complaining about nathan mckinnon not scoring goals now he's just doing everything as usual but for other guys especially rantanen you just you needed more from them and not even just more you need less turnovers you need smarter play not even just put a puck in the net like you need to be smarter around the details which this team had not been doing recently and they still did not do in this game which is why it's so hard with even with this incredible result and comeback to just completely wear the rose tinted glasses because that you should not have been in that position no that game the app should have won six to two if they played if they play like they play in the third period, that that game's easy. And now, you got you got to give Calgary credit. They 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 played well. They took they finished off their chances. But it also goes back to I, I don't know if this is like a true stat or something, but 
it does feel like the abs have some of the worst luck right now where I don't know if it's luck or bad goaltending, probably a mixture of both. It's costing them games right now. And it was nice to finally see a good luck bounce go your way. Cause what was it? Manson broke his stick on the Colton goal and it just deflects right to Ross Colton. who right. Just a wide open net. Like it was nice to see one of those crazy bounces go the abs way. Right. Once. I mean, and that's, you, you need luck sometimes to win yes. in the NHL. And they both did get it against Calgary and didn't get it against right. Calgary. And then against the Flyers, they they didn't get it. They had a couple of things go against them. They also didn't do themselves any favors. But you talk about everything. Georgiev in this game was bad. Very bad. This was, there. there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, oh, he didn't get help. He did himself no favors in this game the the third goal given up to blake coleman is probably one of the worst if oh. not the worst he's given up this season like it just goes straight through him and yeah they weren't helping him on some of them but do, also, you, do you think you could have made that save on the coleman shot no cool. i think i might have been able to just because i'm so big well the thing is about it is like if he freezes and stays still he makes the save right he's trying to to move the glove and make himself smaller to, I guess, corral the puck. But in turn, by moving his glove, he completely missed it. And it just yeah. it went straight through him. And in a situation like that, it was it was a killer to give up. Oh, yeah. It sucked all the life out of the building. Because that made it 3-2 or 4-3? That was the 3-2 goal that put okay. Calgary ahead. And then Myers, was, was Zari's – like, I don't know if I blamed Jorgiev as much on the Zari goal – that was just a crazy good play by a young player. Like that was just great hands. Like you would love a save, better rebound control. I really fault him for that one. And then the fifth one, that's just a perfectly executed backdoor play. You would love your demon to be better in front of you. But sadly, the goal, you can't take off the best players. You can replace the goalie. And I think you got kind of the short straw there. Right. I mean, he, he just, he didn't play well in this game. And I think it's also the opposite of that where, or it's exactly that where you can't take away Miko Rantanen's ice time. And thank God you didn't because he scored right. the tying goal in this game. Like you're not going to take your stars off of the ice, but if your goalie's having a bad night, you, you got to do something and you got to change it. And Georgiev, like you said, is the only guy that can really get switched out. And even like, even the first one that he gave up the Nazem Kadri goal. Yes. It's a turnover by Miko Rantan. Yes. It's a nice cross seam pass. When you get to the playoffs and you are you're gonna be playing eventually at least Jake Ottinger, Connor Hellebuck, maybe someone else along the lines in the playoffs, but eventually one of those two, if you're gonna make a run, if you're gonna go and duel against them, they're gonna make that save. And sure. you you are going to need that. And what what I'm about to say, I do not want it to be misconstrued as I'm giving up on Georgiev or I suddenly think he's bad. But we are now getting to the point of the season where it's no longer a smaller sample size. He has been inconsistent. He started white hot, and then he was bad for a while, got better, and has not been getting help, but hasn't really been stealing a ton lately. He's he's been mediocre, I will say. And it does leave me a little concerned. For the rest of the year because now now we're kind of getting into it and with this game like there's not a lot of excuses he didn't play against the flyers he was rested it was just a it's a bad night and that's going to happen for a goalie 
I'm not writing him off and saying this is going to keep happening. Goalies just have bad nights sometimes. Like we've like the I'm watching the Leafs and the Rangers right now, and Shesterkin gave up four in the first period. Like it, it happens to every single goalie. But for Georgiev, it's not fair to everyone else to leave him out of the conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. My concern with the goaltending, I'd say I've opened the cabinet drawer for the panic button when it comes to the goaltending. Uh, it's not out on the desk yet. It's it's concerning, though. It, like you said, this isn't a small sample size. We're going on like 15, 20 games now where he has been okay. And okay doesn't win you Stanley Cups. Right. That's, 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 my thing. that's my thing. He's not bad. He is not a bad goalie. He's just, he's not as good as he was last year through this first stretch of games. And I I love the vibes of Ivan Brozbatov right now. Not Frankie, not a Frankie level backup. And for Georgiev, even good is not going to win you a cup. And that's the standard. Like, yes, it was enough with Kemper to be a 902 in the Stanley Cup run. This is not that team. That was one of the greatest teams of all time. It's one of the, the greatest this team right teams. now is not that team. Right. That was one of the greatest rosters ever constructed in the salary cap era. And you were able to get by with subpar goaltending. If you get that in the playoffs this time, you might win around. You could win too, but you can't hide it for long. And if this team is going to big picture win the Stanley Cup, there just needs to be a little more. You like you you want the the extra difficult save where you know, it's not a perfect situation. There's going to be turnovers. You just need to get across and make the save. And he's done that at times this season. You just, you want to see it more often. I'm not giving up on him. I'm not saying we should trade him. I'm not saying you bench him and you start playing Prozvatov half the time. I'm just saying there is room for improvement. And that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. And I, it's just one of those things where I feel like every single high danger chance against the Avs is going in. Right. Every yeah. single one. It, right. It's if he makes a save on three of them, who knows how we're talking about it different, but it seems like every single high danger scoring chance is going in against the abs of Georgiev or Prozvatov right now. You know, because like you're not going to stop every single one of them. They're high danger chances for a reason. They're coming off of turnovers and bad plays. But let's just say he stops the first one on the Ranton and turnover and he makes the easy save on Blake Coleman. And that, that's two less goals. And everything else stays the same. It's three three. Yep. Going to the third period and the Avs, excellent in third periods. That's been by far their best quality this season outside of a couple of games. Third periods, outstanding. And you're going to that game tied. You don't need a miracle. They got a miracle in this game, but they're called miracles for a reason. You don't get them all the time. No. And I agree. It, it's not we need to find a new goaltender. It's just Georgiev's got some things to work on. And right. the Avs have things to work on, too. He's not completely to blame for everything, but he does share a part of the blame. Right. He he's does, on the, like he's, on, he's on the team, right? He's going to get his share of the blame, but he does not deserve to get all of the blame at the same time. I always preach patience with goalies and it's not different now, but we are past the quarter mark of the season approaching the 30 game mark. We're going to be halfway through the year before we know it. Yeah. We're going to reach that point well before we're comfortable with it. And you just, you want to see, a little more from your starting goalie. He's not going to win a Vesna this year. He's not going to lose his job. Even if they do start Prozvatov on Wednesday against the Sabres, which they might, 
you you don't know. I think it's going to be Georgiev, but I wouldn't be shocked if they go to Prozvatov. There's not a goalie controversy. I don't want this to to turn into that. Georgiev is the guy, and he's allowed to have a bad game. You do also want him to follow it up with a better one. Yes, and Buffalo is no easy task tomorrow. Today, no, by the time there 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 really isn't an easy task in the league right now. Like you you look around the league, there are very few games that you can look at and say, yeah, you got you should pretty comfortably have this one. Calgary is one of them you can consider based on where they are in the standings. Gave the Avs a real run for their money, but that team isn't very good and opened the door for the Avs to go and storm out and score three goals in four minutes. Yep. Yep. So overall, that third period kicked ass. It's things you need to work on continually, but it's easier to work on those if you're winning. And hopefully this is the game that reawakens Miko Ranston. Because like I said, the Flyers game, I, I thought he looked more engaged. This one against the Flames, I thought he was better and the point production finally happened. That goal he scored was just a greasy goal. It was a greasy, gross goal, but hopefully that gets him going. And we can talk about Miko going on like a nice little like four game goal streak here. Yeah, this game as a whole, we'll, we'll, we will get to the ranting and thing, I promise. Yeah. But this game as a whole, if this is not enough to change the fortunes of this team, I don't know what it's going to take. Yeah. Outside of the collapse in the second period, this was as close to a get right game as you can get. You had Tatar getting off the schneid. You had Kel McCarr break his his incredible point drought of three fucking games. You know, for him, that's like half the season. For it for is, man. That is like half the season for him. Usually scores every single night. He finally has two points in this game. You had you had your, your call up score a goal in this game. That's just a fun feel good story. And then you have Ross Colton break his nine-game drought. You have Miko Rantanen break his nine-game drought. You have McKinnon put the exclamation point on. It's a comeback win on your home ice that stops this slide from getting worse. And a thing I thought flew under the radar when Prozbatov came into the net, I loved his quote after the game. I was like, yeah, yeah I was in the kitchen. I was getting snacks. I always eat when I don't play. They had to find me in the kitchen eating. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's perfect. It's exactly what you want out of a get-right game. Doesn't mean it was a perfect game. Now you look at the Sabres game. That, to me, you must win. You can't waste this momentum and immediately go give it back and then finish this homestand two and three. Yeah, you need to win that game tomorrow. And I, I think they will. I think they will. Emotions are going to be high, obviously, for the uh, the Eric Johnson return, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I agree. They, they, they have to win this game. I was trying to come up with a good like stat of – Oh, remember the last time they had a three-goal comeback against the Stars and they went on a crazy run? They lost their next game after that. That was the Predators game. So I was like, oh, maybe there's like a coinciding like thing there, but there's not. So that's kind of where I'm at with it is just build off of it, play another good game. Because like you said, they, they didn't play terrible in this game against the Flames. It's just they turned the puck over like three times and all three times it resulted in a goal for the Flames. Right, and it was the same thing against the Flyers where you look at them offensively. They're not playing bad. No. And also, like, we're not going to talk a ton about the Flyers game because that's an, an older game, not as relevant as the Flames game. But the main reason they lost that game is the Flyers worked harder than they did. And that's why the Flyers are winning a lot of games right now is because that team just works their ass off every single night. There's not a single thing that the Flyers on paper are better at than the Abs. Absolutely nothing. Lines one through four, pairs one through three, and goaltending, the Abs are better. 
but the Flyers worked harder than they did. And that's why the Flyers right now are in second place or third place right now in the Metro, a good chunk into the season because they're catching teams off guard by outworking them. And they made the abs pay. Yeah. The abs didn't play bad, but the Flyers made them pay. Yep. Uh, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's John Tortorella teams. You know, they're going to work hard and say what you will about the guy gets results. He does, man. He's a douche, but he gets results. Yeah. Do it like I think he's got some archaic ass takes leader of men just absolutely knows how to get the most out of guys sometimes will it last beyond next season no No. idea but it's working right now it's the same thing with daryl sutter like these guys are just come in and they the players hate them more than they hate anything else so they rally around hating the coach and then eventually that just gets annoying right eventually you just hate your coach right like it works for a little while but it works for a little while but yeah the flyers good story carter hart's good goalie uh, just a prime example of don't give up on a goalie too soon because everyone was ready to write off Carter Hart. He's good. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I really have anything else about these two games. I think we talked about everything. My my biggest takeaway is find some damn consistency, man. Find some consistency, please. That's all I want is consistently good play. Right. And this team will go on a run if they can do that. Right. But to finish the Flames game, I'm sure the thing that most people are waiting to hear and talk about is Miko Rantanen's comments in the post game, which uh, did not see coming at all. I don't think. Well, to be fair, we aren't listening to Finnish journalism. Right. (laughs) We're not, we're not totally up to date on what's going on in the Finnish NHL media, but Miko Rantanen's comments after the game last night were as followed following his three point outing and tying the game He stopped the media from walking away from him and said, one of our Finnish NHL players' dad was talking shit about me in the media that I didn't train last summer like I used to. He was making things up. That was for him. If you talk shit, it's going to come back at you. Did not take a lot of research to find out who he's talking about. It's uh, Arturi Lekkonen's father. I think it's pronounced Ismo Lekkonen. Ismo Lekkonen. I'm sorry if I butchered that. I'm very sorry. But it's Arturi Lekkonen's father who works in Finnish hockey media. It like has a thing. I'm sorry. I'm not entirely up. Yeah, to no, that. I mean, it, it, you're, yeah. you're nailing it right on the head here. Like it's, yeah. it, he, he was talking shit. <laughs> yeah, he was talking shit. And there, and Miko Rantanen did not like it and called it out directly. And I think this got a little blown out of proportion, yeah. but it also was pretty unexpected because like surface level, that's your star player calling out his teammates, sometimes line mates, father, yeah. telling him to stop talking shit about me in the media. I mean, that that looks juicy, doesn't it? It looks juicy, and that soundbite didn't help prevent you from thinking it wasn't juicy. Right. Because that is, if you're Arturi Lekkonen, who by all accounts hates everything about the media, he does not want to talk to people, He just wants to play hockey for his dad to be a reporter and a journalist, not even a journalist. I think he's a commentator. That's got to be Arturi Lekkonen's worst nightmare because I guarantee you Arturi Lekkonen could give two fucks about what was said, but the fact it came from a dad, he's got to be like, dad, you're embarrassing me. What the fuck are you doing? Dad, you're embarrassing me. Like that's what it's got to be, right? Because Arturi Lekkonen is a very soft-spoken guy. He doesn't speak to anyone. He's just a quiet guy. So 
I can't imagine Arturi Lekkinen waking up and seeing his dad said that and being, fuck, man, like, I got to deal with this oh, shit. Oh, I'm sure this was not the first time Lekkinen heard about this. Yeah. Because I'm sure this was brought up plenty of times beforehand between them privately. Because we also do remember that, like, just because this was brought up in the media does not mean it's getting hashed out in the media. True. These guys all have each other's phone numbers. Um, they're both Finnish players that play for the same team. I'm sure they are very close. And they have their cup days together. Right. Like they, I'm sure they all know each other. And there was also the funny thing about it where there was like some, I, I, have, I have a couple of people that like live in Finland. I know them and like Finnish people I'm familiar with saying that Rantanen could have been joking because the, the Finnish people have a very strange sense of humor sometimes with a very deadpan delivery. And I, I did love that Peter had to make it clear. Like, no, 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 he was mad. This was not a joke. He was mad. And Rantanen today, or yesterday by the time you're listening to this, followed it up by saying, everything is okay. Just finished journalism who happens to just be Arturi's dad. Me and Art are really good buddies. Obviously, Arturi Lekkinen. Been forever and we're great teammates. I love him and there's nothing between us. Just a journalist questioning my professionalism and lying about my whereabouts in the summer. I think that's what pushed me over the edge a little bit. But nothing between me and Lecky. Everything is good, and I'm ready to put it behind us. Notable that he does not say Ismo in there, that things are good with them. He says things are fine with him and Arturi. I, I don't like, did he actually call him Art in that? Yeah, he called him Art, which is I weird. don't like that. He's I, don't not like, I realize when I said Arturi, I've never just called him Arturi. Yeah, I don't like that. Or, I don't Arturi. like that. He's not an Art. Right. Well, like, I've always said Arturi Lekkinen. Like, yeah, it's just I just one, say Lecky. One word. Like yeah. Lecky, Arturi Lekkinen, or just Lekkinen. I've never just said, oh, Arturi. Like, I, I call Nate Nate sometimes. Miko, yeah. It's like we're friends with these guys. But yeah, don't, right. don't, he's not an art. Like, come on, Miko. He's not art. Well, I'm it, sure. Well, I think he knows better than we do. But Yeah, probably, probably. But yeah, I mean, this whole situation was just weird, man. It, it was just very weird. Like, pretty much like everyone in the Av, like last night, was kind of, kind of sassy. Like, did you see what McKinnon said to Peter? <laughs> yeah, like. Like they were, they must just been sassy in that room because poor Peter's just asking a question. Mac goes, "Low blocker. Where else do you think I was going? You think think I was going low? Like it's like okay, we got a little sassy, little sassy players tonight. I I kind of like the fire, but yeah, I it just makes you wonder, like why why did Arturi's Lekkinen's dad have to go and say this shit, dude? Like it's just a very weird, weird thing, and. I did see some people online being like, this is what happens when your captain's not in the room. And it's like, it's like I don't like you're just set. you're you're speaking to speak. At that. Yeah, that these doesn't are grown men. It. They don't need someone to babysit them. They're, they're right. grown and, men. And, and Lekkanen is not looking over his father's shoulder every time he's writing right. words and making sure he's not accidentally criticizing his teammates and the people making up like, oh, they're, they're going to hate each other when Lekkanen comes back and the, the locker room's falling apart. There's no leadership like that. That's not what this means. No. They are adults. Arturi Lekkinen is not his father. He did not make his dad write those words. Randon is pissed at his dad. He's not pissed at Lekkinen. And I'm sure those guys are going to work that out on their own because they are adults who are going to go hash this out. But Miko Rantanen does not strike me as the kind of guy who goes water under the bridge. You're no. going to try to humiliate him in public and drag his name through the mud. Okay, bet. Three-point night. Uh fuck you, get my name out of your mouth. And yeah. 
Honestly, I bet that's the end. I doubt we're going to hear anything about this again. You know what? It probably Arturi Lekkinen's dad, because I don't know what time it was in Finland when that game ended. He probably woke up to so many messages on his phone. Like, did you see this shit? Holy shit. And then the one he saw most was Lekkinen just being like, what the fuck, dad? Like, come on, man. Like, he's, he's probably really... like, I told you. Yeah, like you're putting me in a real tough spot here. But because I, for one, did not expect Arturi Lekkinen to be in the news uh, this way. I, I, I did not expect to be talking about Terry Lekkinen's dad on today's episode, if we're being honest. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up. Best of all, nobody's going to be missing out on any of the actions this season because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Now, back to the episode. But on, I think it's over. I think there was like a an hour span where like the national media jumped on a little bit like, oh, trouble brewing in Colorado because like they, it's nothing personal against us it's just what national media does it's what the media in general does they stir the pot they try to make things interesting they try to find stories and read between the lines to like this looks really juicy on the surface like could be some real locker room tension guys hashing it out like and rantanen got his name dragged through the mud in public in the media and so he's the kind of guy that's going to give it right back to you and prove it wrong and then they're probably going to talk about this and be like, keep my name out of your mouth. Okay. You also keep my name out of your mouth. Cool. We're fine. Awesome. We're never going to have this problem again. Yeah. It, it's just the the crazy thing is, is if the abs lost this game, I don't think any of this comes out. No, Ranton is not going to go out there in a lot. Like imagine he doesn't have the game tying goal and he's going out there and calling guys out. No one's on his side in no. that situation. Be like, dog, he's probably right. Yeah. Maybe this is like a big brain move. Maybe this is what Miko needed to get going again. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe probably better ways to go about it, but you know, if it, if it works, it works. If it works. It works. And yeah, I, I really don't think there's going to be any hubbub between these two because I think Arturi Lekkinen realizes that he just, he hates the media, even if his dad's part of it. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. His dad's I mean, probably trying okay. to get scoops but, on him. Before that gets misconstrued, our Colorado guys are fantastic. Yes. But there are also members of much bigger media empires and other people that try to sneak into conferences and try to like trap you into a shitty answer and lacking in right. nothing to do with that. This is a prime example of a tweet getting out from DNVR of the post-game scrum and everyone's drawing their own conclusions about it. And Ranton comes out some more. He's like, yeah, me and Arturi are fine. Yeah. Not, I'm not mad at him. He didn't write it. It's just, it's so weird. That, that whole thing. I was just like, what the fuck's going on here, man? Like it's, it's 1130 at night. I should not be worrying about, the fathers of players talking shit like th- does this not scream like fucking like peewee hockey type drama right it's the it's the it's always the parents yeah right? hockey right. parents crazy man even when they're 
their player their sons are some of the best players on planet earth even when your son is a four and a half million dollar contract you find a way to insert yourself yeah just crazy i miss arturi lekin that's really where this comes from yeah I miss seeing that young boy play a uh, hockey hopefully soon we get to see him again but yeah that whole thing was just weird i'm, I'm glad miko came out and talked about it because if he didn't i think this would have been even more of the national media being like trouble brewing in colorado yeah I mean, it's it's what they do. They're going to stir the pot. They're going to find things that aren't there and try to just make shit worse. But you, the, the guys know what's going on in the room. If there was really a problem, it probably is not getting handled that way. Yeah. And I don't think the abs locker room has too many chemistry problems, even without Landeskog there, who is now there, who is he just is there. chilling but and hanging around light skating. I hate that they told us he's he may start light skating soon. It's like, don't tell me that. Don't, and don't don't give me I, hope. Man. I had a half-hearted tweet before the Flames game being like, my reasonable predictions. Tatar scores, Rantanen scores, uh, Gabe Landis uh, comes back in the second period, complete with the lights going out, Stone Cold, Steve Austin music, oh, cool. surprise return in the second period. Also, Ross Colton has a big night. I got three of four. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be serious, but it turned out to be one of my best predictions outside of the joke. But can you humor me for a second? And just, even if this is completely unrealistic, Western Conference Finals, Game 5, coming back home to Colorado. It's 2-2. You can close out the series. You can do whatever. They're doing the starting lineups. And they go through it normally, but they skip left wing. They go right to defense. They introduce Kale and Taze and everything. They stop for a second. And they get to the left wing. And they go, and introducing your captain, Gabriel Landeskog, and the like the glass break sound effect. Can you imagine what that would be like in the array? They tell nobody. That's a that lot of watching. fan fiction you got going there. But oh. you got you got to entertain me here. Because... No, I mean I I think it'd be cool. Um, I I don't even want my mind to go there though, dude. Because I I've been down this path before with this. Like it, it feels like Groundhog's Day, where like it came out that Emily Kaplan story when we did an ESPN game. It's like Gabe Landeskog's about to start skating again soon, and my hopes get up, and then it's just all crushed. My dreams are crushed. I I would love for that to happen. I would love for it to happen. I I, I just can't. This. I'm not ready to get hurt again. That's where I'm at with it. I'm, I'm not ready to be hurt by it again. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if this is a thing. That if like you make a deep run, he comes back in the playoffs. I don't want to know he's coming back. Oh, we're gonna know. But I don't want to. I oh. want to know five seconds before the game starts, and it's a home game. He gets introduced in the starting lineup. Zero percent chance they lose that game. I want them. Oh, to- yeah, no, they better be like minus five thousand that game because they will win that game. Right, like if you introduce Gabe Landeskog and tell everyone he's coming back at in the starting lineup for the first time, that building is going to collapse. Yeah. You win that. They'll win that game 10 to nothing. It'd be the most electric game ever played at Ball Arena. I know that's not going to happen, that'd be but so if there is a 0.5% chance that Landis God comes back this season, I don't want to know about it until the game starts. Right. Like, I don't want to hear he's going to start light skating again soon. Just l- let me know when he's practicing with the team in a, in a red contact jersey. I, honestly, That's I, all I, want I, I want it to be the most well-guarded secret. And then he just, and then he's just back. That'd be so cool. 
Because it's just it, he solves every problem. Every problem this team's having, Gabe Landeskog solves. It, it's just that's the truth. That's the truth. You put Gabe Landeskog as second line center, this team's fine. They're great. It's every problem solved. And I just, I miss that beautiful man so much. And I just need him to to play just one more time. Just do the Stamkos thing. Just come out yeah. and play one shift. One shift, score a goal, lift the cup at the end. That, like that's yeah. that's all we need, right? That's all we, that's all I need out of you, Landy. But it is refreshing to hear that he's back with the team. Um, and it sounds like he's going to stay. Yeah, like he's, he's going go back he's to gonna, Toronto. He's going to stick around with the team for a while, and they they kind of need it right now. Not, they do. Not saying the leadership is lacking in the room, but you need your captain around. Yeah. Captain's been away for a while here, constantly getting treatment and guys having to pick up the slack. Like it's not an indictment on McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr to say that they're not leaders like Gabe Landeskog. Gabe Landeskog is the best captain in the world at the end of the day. Yeah. Like I, I just, I, I miss that beautiful man. I miss him so much. And I, he, he's just, he, he, he's just the dad of the team, him and Cogliano. Like, even though he's around the same age as a lot of these guys, he's just the dad. And it's good that he's going to be back. I'm just preparing myself to see the tweet of him from Evan just on the ice before practice skating around. And I'm just going to get all sorts of ready to be heard again. I just yep. know. That's, you already know it. That's what's going to happen. God, I, I, I can't wait for that tweet, honestly. I, my, I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm ready. You just you think about how this all started just a centimeter. If, Ka- yeah. if Kale is just a centimeter in, in any different direction or doesn't take that hit or fall and just doesn't slice his leg. I think we're talking about back-to-back champions, honestly. It, at least close. Yeah. Like that's probably undoubtedly more than anything been the thing that's affected this team the most since winning the Stanley Cup is Gabe Landeskog has not played a single game. Yeah. It's he has not played since game six, and that's a top ten left winger in the league. Right. Like His it, last regular season game was that two nothing loss to the Hurricanes. Do you think like I still think he knew he was gonna be out for a while because he had those comments just lambasting the refs yeah. about that cadre shit. 100% he knew it. Yeah, and then just never played in the regular season again. Yeah, it's almost like, hey, Maple Leafs, we're going to take William Nylander off your team for two years. Yeah, that's going to affect your team. Right. Just the kind of guy, like, there is no replacing Gabe Landeskog. Like, they di- they are trying their best right now and trying to spread around that $7 million bucks and bring in a Miles Wood and a Colton and try to replace Landeskog by proxy with – all the different guys and all their different skill sets doesn't work. Those guys are great and they're fitting into the ab system by themselves. None of them are Gabe. They're it's a top, you're missing a top 50 player in the NHL. Right. There, there's sense. never going to be another Gabe Landeskog on that team. Like it's, it's not, I'm not even just saying that for the leadership perspective that if they have that against Seattle, they win that series, just having Gabe fucking Landeskog on. He's a really good hockey player. Series, just because like if they have one more healthy guy, they win that series. Yeah. He's a really fucking good hockey player. And I think people forget that he's really fucking good at hockey. It's easy <laughs> like, to forget. It's been a long time. It's been, a, yeah. it's been a year and a half since yeah. we've seen Gabe Landeskog play a hockey game. Breaks my heart. But before we go too much farther on Landy, um, I don't really think there's much else Avs news going on unless you had anything before we move to the NHL news coverage. 
I mean, Avs news-wise, not really. I think we've covered most of what we need to cover today. Oh, but, we do need to talk about this fucking Sabres game. We kind well, yeah. of pre- oh, I mean, that's, that's where I was going. Oh, that's where you're going. Okay. I just thought about that there. as we were going. I was like, wait, we yeah. didn't talk about I mean, the Sabres game. Give me some credit as a host. Yeah, that's my bad. That's no, my I bad. I know where I'm going with this, but this upcoming game against the Sabres on TNT. Last time you played the Sabres, you got your ass kicked in Buffalo. 4 nothing. one of the worst games of the season, back-to-back shutouts. Eric Johnson's return to Colorado. It's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. You have to keep up the momentum of this win. If you don't win this game, that whole thing was for nothing. And to me, that is unacceptable. We've talked about all season, like, how are you going to respond to this loss? How are you going to bounce back from this? This is not bouncing back. It's like, you got to keep this ball rolling now. Yes. You've got to find a way to continue to get the job done and rack up points and at least salvage this homestand and finish it with an above 500 record and get ready for Saturday because you don't want to drop two to the Jets early. You're not going to see them again for a little while, and they are right on your heels right now in the conference race or the division race. Buffalo is a team you should beat. They are a team you do have to take seriously. You are better than them, and you're still at home. You're coming off of that massive performance. you got to get the job done here. Got to get the job done here. I I think they're going to play a much better game. I think your gift gets the start, man. I do. Uh, the Sabres are kind of like the Avs. They're very wildly inconsistent. Like they beat up on the, the Coyotes last night. This is their first game of a road trip. Avs last game of a homestand. I think the Avs will be going to make a point. I think they win the game five to two. I think the Avs do. I think they get two empty netters and make it 5-2. I think it's going to be a 3-2 game, and they're going to win it 5-2 and get two empty netters. Yeah, I mean, I'd i love for it to be a nice, comfortable start-to-finish win. We know that's just not how it works with this team. I imagine it's probably going to be a tie game going into the third period, but the Avs in the third period, generally they've been pretty good. So long as they're playing their game, I think they're going to pull away with it late over the Sabres, come away with a win. And the, the Sabres are a weird, sneaky team. Sometimes because they started the month losing three in a row, lost bad to Carolina, lost to Nashville, lost to Detroit. Then they go to Boston and they beat the Bruins. On the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah, second half (laughs) of a back-to-back, they go and do that. And lose to the Habs in a shootout and pretty comfortably beat up the Coyotes five to two on Monday. Like they're they're not good. They they have disappointed us, especially because we predicted them. I think we both predicted them to finish top three. You let you you predicted them to go to the finals. I did. So I did. It's not over was, yet. It's 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 not over yet. <laughs> but yeah, the Sabres have disappointed us. But we we've seen already. You got to take every team seriously in the NHL. Correct. The team already beat you four to nothing because you played like shit. So now you're on your home ice. You're gonna have the the building electric because Eric Johnson's back. You gotta go take care of business. You you don't have a slump to blame anymore you've got your your stars back on the board you you and you get you get in depth scoring too yes. so most importantly from this game if it is Georgiev that starts I want to see him have a good night just a good solid 920 performance that'd be great I would also just appreciate a game where it's like if you lose lose queen don't be because you fucking turn the puck over well, that's how they're going to lose this game. Yeah. I mean, they they are a better team than the Sabres. If they lose this game, it's because, once again, they have shot themselves in the foot. They've turned True. over the puck too many times. They gave Tage Thompson 
or Alex Tuck too many looks and teams that the Sabres are talented. They have guys that are going to go and cash in if you give them opportunities. And if the Avs do what they've done over the last couple of games and turn the puck over, they're going to be in for a rough time and have to try to outscore their problems. Yeah, I do. I, I think five to two. I, I feel good with that. And the Avs get two empty netters. I, I think Rantanen scores the go ahead goal in the third period. And then they get two empty netters win at five two. I like it. I'll 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 say four two just to be different. Just no empty net goal. I think they'll pull away in the third period, but I think it's going to be a good game nonetheless. Yeah, it is going to be weird though. The Eric Johnson return that is a pretty big storyline. I mean, Eric Johnson was here for 13 years. Granted, the first like eight of it, the Abs kind of sucked, so he kind of gets forgotten in the shuffle. He should get a very very loud reception when they announce his name oh yeah the the tribute the tribute video for him is probably going to be like half an hour long it could be there's going to be so much stuff that you can put in there like even just from from last season his first goal of the season comes in the playoffs amazing and obviously winning the stanley cup two years ago and being a big part of winning the stanley cup and the leadership of this team like there's they're gonna run out of time there's not enough or there's too many Good. They're going to have to start the tribute video right at the beginning of the commercial break. <laughs> right. Like, it could be like a three-minute video. Oh, the, the, the second that light turns red, they're going to have to to run that thing immediately all the way until the puck drops. Like, there's just not going to be enough time to say all the good things you can say about Eric Johnson. Yeah. What What's your favorite Eric Johnson memory? Uh, cup. Okay, that's a good one. I was going to go a little different. <laughs> um, My favorite memory was when he scored against Winnipeg in game 81, I think it was four or five years ago. And I will always love that goal. I loved his game seven goal against the Minnesota wild, even though they lost that game, that goal kicked ass. Yeah. Um, There's just a lot of them, man. He was, he was really good on a bad abs team for a long time. Yeah. I mean, a cup is a cop-out answer, but it's the culmination of everything of Eric Johnson in Colorado because it's being with the team during the 49-point season where they're a joke and they're pathetic and they don't even get the first overall pick, which they got Kellen Carr out of. Work and, out. you know, he's in trade rumors and everything. Everyone's in trade rumors. This team stinks. They're going to be bad for a long time. And then five years later, tackling Nathan McKinnon to the ground and lifting the Stanley Cup and everything, like it's perseverance sticking it out through all the hard times almost wasn't on that team yeah concussions, man. yeah almost got trade. yeah the concussions didn't play for most of the season and came back from all that came back from literally having a deal on the table and accepted that he rejected and yeah. said no i want to stay so he stayed and won a stanley cup here there's he went through a lot of shit here the, there was obstacles in the way of him being as long tenured in Colorado as he was. And we got the ultimate prize out of it. And I'm glad he went and got his money. Oh yeah. He got paid big time. And uh, it's yeah, he he did pretty well for himself. And a lot of people will look at that deal near the end that they have signed. Was it six years, 6 million or seven years, 6 million. I can't remember. Want to say it was six because that just sounds even. Yeah, it, it was a pretty big deal, but he had earned that, and then he just kind of started as naturally when you get older and injuries pile up. That cap it kind of became a little bit 
heavy for what he was doing, but in that cup run, he was one of the better defensemen on the team. Like he yeah. was, he was great in that cup run. So and it, it, yeah, was, it was seven times six, seven times six. That was a pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. And uh, he's going to get a very loud reception. I would, I almost, I just wish this was his thousandth game and he was playing it in Denver. Yeah. Cause then the abs could have still done a big ceremony for him there. And he could have gotten two uh, in a way, but he, he will go down as one of the greatest avalanche defensemen of all time. I know that's only like a 30-year history, but he will go down as one of the greatest. And, yeah, I, I think everyone in that locker room loved him, and they still love him. I I think he cries. I think he's going to cry. Oh, yeah, over-under on the cry? Yeah. I, I'm going to say I think he cries. I think I'll he does that. when that video comes. We're going to see some tears. The Avs may be assholes and do that at the like start of the first period, the first TV timeout. If they were nice to Eric Johnson, they'd do it before the game so he could no, cry. They'll, they'll, the game. I mean, they'll, I imagine they'll be both. Like It's going to be the first TV timeout, but there's probably going to be maybe not an official thing from the team, but there'll be some acknowledgement of Eric Johnson before the game. Yeah. I still think he cries. I'm going to say he cries. I like the bet. It's going to be weird seeing him play there, play against us. So, yeah. yeah. Already happened once this year. Yeah, that's true. But it happened on like a Sunday at like the beginning of the NFL season. So I don't think really mean. Yeah, we got beat up so bad that we don't. Yeah. There wasn't even a story of that game. Yeah. And then we'll preview the Jets game on the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, I almost did that, too. I remember. Oh, wait, it's it's Tuesday. We don't have to do that right now. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So. That'll be a fun night tomorrow. You're going abs 4-2. I'm going abs 5-2. They end the road, homestand 3-2. and two. Not the greatest, but considering how it started, if you can close out two in a row, you'll be feeling pretty good about it. Yep. And so, Winnipeg after that, come back against the Sharks on the second half of back-to-back, Chicago, cool. Ottawa, Arizona. I mean, you would, you do want some some opportunities to, to rack up some points. You should. This next week, you should rack up some points. That Jets game is by far the hardest game. Yeah you do want to start getting those points back because somehow you're still winning the division in this stretch, but it's, you're pushing it. Yeah. Pushing you're really, it. Pushing it. really pushing it. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it for abs news. Unless you have anything else and we can just do oh. a quick little roundup of the NHL news that happened. Yep. Probably make it pretty quick here. Yeah. Wait. Pretty quick. Um, rapid fire. Very funny. John Tavares got his thousandth point against the New York Islanders last night. Hilarious. The funniest way it could have happened with under 10 seconds left to, to tie the game in long Island and the Leafs clear the bench and Islanders fans are crying for delay a game and booing them. Like it was so funny. And you knew the Leafs weren't going to win that game. Correct. But the Islanders go out and they win it like a minute into overtime. So then you've got the Islanders giving it right back to Leafs fans and everything people telling them to cry about Tavares like what are we crying about we got the two points and everything you haven't won anything it's honestly one of my favorite things in the league is Tavares and Long Island because he still likes Long Island <laughs> like he still loved being there and has said nothing but nice things about them He's like, yeah I get it they're passionate I love them they're great and they're like fuck you John traitor <laughs> we hate you <laughs> in all honesty the Islanders were better when he left because they were able to invest that money in different things like the Islanders got better when he left and the Leafs stayed the same right it's, so it's just so funny like the the way that it came you could tell they were pissed and then the Leafs lost anyway it was just so funny the only thing that could have been funnier is if he scored himself or scored the overtime winner 
But the the result we got, I will 100% take. You could not have scripted that better. Perfect. It was perfect. And the Leafs losing just made it even funnier too. So um, that was funny. Uh, The NHL player safety has had a week. Um, We won't spend too much time on that. Uh, I did finally, I didn't see that Larkin thing. You were saying offline, like it looked like he was dead. He did look like he was dead for a second. Oh yeah. Like you, you, watched, you watched the video. Like he, like he's laid out. He's just, he's missing like a pillow and a blanket. Yeah. Like he is fully out. And it's Matthew Joseph. And yeah. Gave him the, that bad neck injury, I believe it was a year or two years ago. At this yes. Point. And Larkin, I think got fined in that one too, because he went after Joseph. Right. And so it's, I'm not, again, not saying Matthew Joseph's a, a terrible, dirty player, but that's two times that he's found a way to injure Dylan Larkin and the guy going after him gets punished because David Perron, not my favorite player in the world, yeah. so I'm not shedding any tears, gets suspended for six games for, he didn't even go after Joseph. Who would, yeah, he went after the wrong guy. He went after Artem Zub. He went after Artem Zub, who <laughs> cross-checked him in the head because I think he, I guess he thought that he got Larkin there. And cross checks him in the head. I know, I know you can't have that in the league. Like you're just chasing after a guy and cross checking him in the face, especially the wrong guy. I get you gotta give Perron something, but at the same time, his guy's lying there motionless on the ice. You you don't know what's wrong yet. Right. In that in that moment, you don't know what happened, and he's seeing red because his teammates on the ground. Joseph gets nothing. Perron gets the book thrown at them. And then you have the Erica Branson thing and Nick Cousins. Nick Cousins totally lines him up wrong into the boards, gives him the clean boarding. Not not a clean hit, like a clean that's boarding. Hit. Textbook boarding call. I, I phrased that wrong. It's a bad hit. Boarding. Good Branson gets up, goes after him. They scuffle. And then Good Branson attacks him like a few yeah. shifts later when they're on the ice together again and Cabranson gets a game for instigating and Nick Cousins gets nothing. And then you scoot back a couple of games ago to Evander Kane boarding Jonas Brodeen and they actively look at it, review it and Kane gets nothing. Jonas Brodeen is, I forget how long he's out, but it's not short. He's going to be out for a while on this play and it's it's not a good play. It's a dirty play and player safety. They're, they're worried about the wrong things. I've said it multiple times. They care more about maintaining the the spirit of old hockey. Of we don't want to ruin hitting in the game. We don't want to get rid of hitting. Like that's not your job. Your job is to protect your players. It's not to make sure that, that everyone's still getting to hit each other and give each other brain trauma. Your, Your job is to protect the players and you're you're not doing it you're focused on entirely the wrong things right now you can have hitting and not hurt people you see it a lot where that you, you look at what happened with ross colton and chris tanev in the first period of the flames game there's nothing wrong with what ross colton did there he didn't get a penalty he did not get punished because it's just, they're just going into the they're going into a play they right. run into each other colton hits him he goes into the boards and tanev gets hurt Majin Pai gets a penalty out of it that's fine you're not getting rid of that and you're not you're not getting rid of the when Miles Wood got cleaned out in this game against the Flames as well. Like those are perfectly fine hits. It's boarding people from behind when they're not expecting it, hitting guys in the head that we're having these conversations about. But player safety, they they just they don't really care 
about that stuff. This whole thing would be so like if you would have told me that Matthew Joseph and Perron both get suspended from that and Cousins and Gabranson get suspended from that, we'd be like, okay, cool. That's fine. Right. Like, like you got you gotta not be afraid to hand it out to both. Perron right. deserves to get something because because Zub didn't do anything. He's 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 he's, no. he's he's actively trying to wave over like the medical personnel yeah. and he's getting a cross check to the head. And Matthew Joseph's not trying to hurt Dylan Lark in this instance. Like he's not trying to cross check him in the back of the head, but he, he did. He still did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you still gotta. You still have to acknowledge that, whether it's on purpose or not. And so, like, just player safety, they're focused on all the wrong things, punishing the guy who comes in after the fact and making sure there's still hitting in the game. The hitting's going to survive. Right. They're, the hitting is not going to be gotten rid of in the NHL. I I just think that is a total straw man argument. And yeah. player safety needs to be worried about doing their fucking job. And they're not. They're failing. They're failing big time. Correct. And I think that's enough player department of safety talk for the day because I can guarantee you we'll be having the same conversation in three weeks, probably next episode. Yeah. So uh, I will like something bad's going to happen this season. Correct. The way player safety is going right now, players are fucking pissed and they're over. And someone we've seen guys snap already, and it's going to get worse. So until they step up and do their fucking job, they are begging for something bad to happen. Yeah. Begging for it. We also didn't talk about that in the that was very funny. Georgiev got a like a roughing call against Kadri. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. That was funny. Yeah. Nazem Kadri has no love for Georgiev. Wasn't, yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't care. Like you could tell Logan O'Connor was like, nah, it's chill, bro. Like I'm trying. You're cool, bro. Don't don't fuck this. I don't want to. I don't want to do this with you, man. I like you, yeah. friend. But you know, Nas with you. Like if that's Darcy Kemper, he's not getting into. Yeah, it. he's not. Like, Georgiev's like, fuck you, dude. You weren't on my team. I don't yeah. Know. It is very funny to see the allegiances, but I don't think there's much other NHL news that we can't talk about on a later episode. Um, nothing like groundbreaking right now. I mean, uh, I we're already well over an hour. So yeah. just a quick thing on this bizarre, like very light relocation for the capital. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wizards. I've, I don't really know what's going on right now because we were planning to talk about this and how it's almost confirmed that the Capitals and the Washington Wizards are going to move from D.C. to Arlington, Virginia. But it's also announced during the show that they are committing $500 million to renovating Capital One Arena in D.C. What? Right? It's a, I'm a little lost here as to what's going on. Well, because right. you're the you're you're the Maryland residents. You, you've said before that Capital One Arena kind of sucks. It's just it's not anything special. Capital One Arena, the place, is fine. The arena is good. They renovated it recently. It's nice. It's not state of the art. It's not blowing anyone away. Getting to it sucks. If you right. are driving there, like if you are planning to go to a Capitals game in the near future for the first time. Just take the goddamn metro. There is no reason to drive unless you're Ubering there, and it's super expensive of getting out of there with an Uber and everything. It's just generally a pain in the ass to get to. It's kind of in the middle of the city, and the metro. If you take the metro, it goes right under the stadium. There's a stop right there. You get you get out of there and walk right into the arena. In that case, it's a little bit of a pain. Stadium's fine. It's not worth relocating the team to Virginia like because I don't know anything about the location or where that would be or anything but it's also like Mayor Bowser of DC 
announces full backing of the DC Council to support a complete renovation and modernization of the Capital One Arena, including $500 million for renovations over a three-year period and a ground lease extension until the end of 2052. Okay, so maybe this so, was all just a power play by, Ted by whatever that guy's name Ted, is. Ted Leonsis. That guy. I mean, the stadium only opened in 97. It's not like it's super old. It's not ancient. Like, it's not It's not like Nassau Coliseum where you're breathing in asbestos every time you go. Right. To Maybe this was just a power play by him. And he, he, he got them to contribute none of his money to building, to fixing the stadium. That, that's that, that's the only conclusion I'm coming to. Right yeah, now. they for sure leaked something to Woj, and Woj well, will tweet out anything. Because well, there's a press conference tomorrow with the mayor of whatever Virginia City and Ted Leonsis at 9 a.m. That's probably about this, so which hasn't happened yet at the time of this recording, which there's probably going to be more context by the time you're hearing this. But as it stands right now, as a Capitals fan, like my team's not getting relocated. But it, how it, far away is Arlington from you? Probably like DC getting to a game. If I were to drive from here with traffic on the high side, 90 minutes with holy traffic. shit. Yeah. Oh, the high side, the high side. Sorry. High Sorry. Side. I, I didn't hear the high side. Just straight. If just, if it was empty roads, 40, 45 minutes. Tops. Oh, yeah, that's not terrible. And Arlington, I'm pretty sure I might just be totally wrong about it being Arlington. With Arlington, I think it's maybe like an hour. So not like, crazy difference, not, but it's really more like 45, 50 minutes. So it's like it doesn't change a whole lot. It's just I'm very lost right now as to what the yeah. fuck is going on. So well, I mean, this was very similar to remember a couple of years ago, there were talks of Kroenke moving the abs out of Denver and moving them to Commerce City. Right. Which is about the probably the same distance away from me as you would be from Arlington. I feel like every team has this conversation like every once in a while. But the thing is, it's like, I first heard about this like yesterday. And now all of a sudden it gets announced (laughs) that it's happening. It's like, there's a press conference to move the team in the near future. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. At that arena, like three days ago. Well, like here's the thing, man. I, I don't get like with football stadiums, you can build like crazy, like something that's never been seen before. With a hockey and basketball arena, they're all kind of the same. I'm living through both worlds right now. MNT Bank Stadium, home of the Ravens, just had a massive press conference to announce yeah. their renovations. It, you know, I know a thing or two about this. I work there, but I, I'm getting it on all fronts right now, and I'm very overwhelmed on stage. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, it's just funny when I, I love when billionaires cry poor. That's my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing. Like when it comes time for arenas, like you don't understand, we need $900 million yeah. in taxpayer money to pay for my essentially billion dollar toy. Yeah. I love when billionaires cry poor. It's my favorite thing. Like <laughs> I will say the good part, like you can say what you want about Stan Kroenke. He did build SoFi Stadium pretty much by himself. And that stadium's worth like seven billion dollars. Well, you, so, you, you know our favorite underdog story, Stan Crawford. Yeah, I mean, so. Stan Stan's the man, and you got to give the guy credit. I th- I want to say Pepsi Center was built with taxpayer money, but he ended up owning the land, so in a way, he got paid by the taxpayers to build his stadium. Honestly, I respect the hustle. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Stan the man, you can't say anything bad about him. <laughs> 
But it <laughs> is my favorite thing. That's fucking baller, dude. Can you imagine yeah, being able to steal eight hundred? What is the caps? What what did the caps owner do for his money? I forget. What did he do? Did he create like an internet something? Oh, Tedley. I mean, I looked this up a long time ago. I'm pretty sure he was like some sort of. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was he was in on like AOL or something. How yeah. rich is he? Does what's his net worth? So I'm looking. He was the former senior executive of AOL. He's the founder, chairman, CEO of Monumental Sports, which owns the Wizards, Capitals, and the Washington Mystics. Founding of the Revolution Growth, blah 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 blah. A lot of banking terms. Ted Leonsis net worth, uh, two point eight billion dollars. Okay, so I mean he's not filthy rich. He's still rich. Two point eight billion dollars. I'm kidding. yeah, that's a lot of money. I mean Stan Kroenke, our guy's worth fifteen point seven billion. Well, Plus, we, it's like we said, Stan's the man. Yeah. It's, that's crazy. He's 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 richer than Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, who own the two most wealthy franchises in the NFL. I mean, net, I mean, net worth is a weird thing to to calculate sometimes. You just look it up and it's like, yeah, he's worth $2.8 billion. That's the money they have. There's probably like several billions more just like lying around somewhere and in like investments or whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Did you know his first name is Enos? Who's Stan? Yeah, he's Eno Stanley Crockett. That makes him even more badass, man. He probably has a bunch of names. He can just buy them. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, it will always be my favorite thing when when these billionaire owners are like, I'm poor. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, I get it. That's the reason why you're rich is because you make good business deals. But like, the only person I want to hear about they're poor is like Mark Davis. For the Raiders, like he's actually poor, and he owns an NFL team. Oh, he looks like it with his haircut. Yeah, so it, that always cracks me up. But yeah, hopefully the caps don't move. I think this was probably just a power play to get the city to pay for all these renovations. It probably is, but it's just we're stuck in like a very weird and sudden limbo right now. That's only yeah. gotten more confusing in the hour and twenty minutes we've been doing this show. Well, in a way, then you could just say this is the place that Alex Ovechkin built. So you could say that that, that that spin zone. Yeah, I I guess I'm just I want to I would like an answer because when I was I was at the 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 Caps and Rangers game on Saturday instead of watching the Avs play the Flyers. I'm sorry, I'm a terrible fan. Yeah, no, I mean the the thing is is like you look at it now, like arenas that were built in like the late '90s are some of the oldest arenas in the NHL, right. which is crazy to think about. Right, we're we're getting to that point because like Pepsi Center point. Ball Arena, whatever it is now was built in 2000 i think is when it opened and then that's almost 25 years ago now like right. that's for a stadium that's old and i remember when that was built i'm just fucking old now man so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the abs go through this again if they don't get like crazy upgrades ball arena really infused a lot of money into it so they've made some when you come back out and you watch a game they'll be like oh this is different this is different this is different. That's oh, kind of cool. See, when you were just saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. It was very nice there. They did more? Yeah. They redid the entire team store, dude. Like, it, the this. team store was probably, like, three times bigger than it was. God, I need to I need to get back out there. I know. I got to yeah. I gotta do it. I got to go back out there, and I got to catch another game. I miss, yeah. miss Denver a lot. I love it. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't think I have anything else, man. No. I've got I, three dogs staring at me. Took the words uh, right out of my mouth. I've got a grouchy 13 and a half year old puppy dog staring at me, wagging her tail and nibbling my fingers. So I think that is time for me to 
to send these people on their merry way and wrap up this edition of the Teladapted His Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. As always, you can use promo code TELADAPTEDIS on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at TELADAPTEDIS. But again, thank you so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.